Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, yes, once again, I have another new guest co-host for you. And uh, this young lady has a very interesting background. And we're going to talk a little bit about some things that I'm not even going to mention in her bio. Uh, because we just figured this out before we fired up the show today. Uh, but you guys know how much I love talking about healthy lifestyle balance. But before we get into that, uh, your new guest co-host today, she is an expert in personal development. And we talk a lot about personal and professional development on this show. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a life coach. She likes to clarify that. She's a businesswoman who discovered a roadmap of how to get in control of your life. And she truly walks her talk by generating pragmatic solutions for people who are freaking out, because we've all been there. <laughs> and she blends personal experience with her extensive knowledge of neuroscience, there's your key word of the day, and human behavior to guide businesses and individuals to defeat the freak out and create their ideal life. So without further ado, the founder creator of MaryShores.com, Mary Shores, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. It's so exciting to be here today. I'm excited to be here. I, by the way, I love the green. Is that a pillow? Uh, again, sorry, podcast it listeners, is. we do have a video feed on YouTube, okay? But she's got this really bright green pillow, and you just can't miss it. I love it. So uh, is that something you created, or did you find that It's somewhere? subliminal. Yes. See? You got the no, messaging. I found, you know, I saw that on someone else's podcast, and I just loved the little subliminal messaging of the little, the little mm. pillow that said, follow me, or subscribe, or like. And so I ordered a whole bunch of them. <sighs> See, now I'm going to have to get one that says, like, follow, but then have the at live the fuel and I'll have that subliminal messaging. You, could, behind you me. need to have someone um, embroider that in for you. Well, I already have hats done and I'm actually, I have a new batch of hats coming this week. I'm experimenting with new styles. So, and I already have uh, custom mugs and I already have my own stickers and vinyl decals. So. Yeah, oh, very cool. I, I apparently like marketing a little bit and that's why Henry Kaminsky, who got us connected, um, shout out to Henry and I've been on his show. He's been on my show. And he and I geek out about sales and marketing. So, but where, where are you located, by the way? I am in Champaign, Illinois. If okay. so, you just picture this cows and cornfields. That's the way I grew up. And big university, big university town. Okay. So, are you, are, are you like near the campus? Or, I mean, like what, what university is there? It's University of Illinois, so oh. it's the top uh, top in the country, engineering, accounting, architecture, definitely a Big Ten school, but a very small town. So we have about only 60,000 people in this town, but uh, typically well, another thirty to 40,000 students. As a fellow Big Ten guy, I went to Penn State originally for engineering, so I can connect on that. And if you ever went to Penn State main campus in Pennsylvania... It is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Everybody jokes around about it. Like, if there was no college there, sorry, university, um, apparently that's a higher standard. Uh, if there's no university there, there'd be a very little of anything out there. So, but it's okay. It's exactly I, I, the same as it is here. <laughs> I embraced the farms. I grew up on a dairy farm. So I was born on a dairy farm in New Jersey. So there's a, there's a fun little you know connection for you. Now, granted, I don't play in the farming world anymore, but I definitely grew up around a lot of hard work and definitely a lot of corn. A lot of hay, a lot of alfalfa. Yeah, but good times. <laughs> so 
What gate? Well, I have to. I have to ask because I, I already was digging into your book a little bit and everything else. So again, ladies and gentlemen, MaryShores.com. She's the author of Conscious Communications, harnessing the power of your words. So why, why, why the book? Because I don't know that much about you yet. That's the point of this. We're gonna get to know each other today. You know, for I think my story. I started. Uh, I started my first company when I was 24, so I was a CEO like before I even really learned how to be an adult. <laughs> and um, I am in a really tough industry, which is which is debt collections. Wow! And so right away, when I was early on in my career, I actually didn't want to use the tactics that typical debt collections uses because it's it's usually pretty negative. Like there's a stigma to the industry and it's actually well-deserved. So I'm not going to sit here and defend the collections industry. But what I will say is that I decided to take a different tactic because I had this big extensive history of being a telemarketer, which meant I thought I knew all things. And I thought I want to use a telemarketing sales approach to get people to pay their debt versus using these um, scare tactics. Hmm. And so it actually failed miserably. <laughs> and you would think like when I'm saying it, you would actually think it, it would work. It sounded like a great right? idea. I was like, wow. It was a brilliant idea. It failed. It failed. It failed for two main reasons. Number one, and I think you'll understand this because you've been in business for a while, but it, it failed first and foremost because of my competition. So even in the debt collections world, my competition is the other collectors because most people who have a debt usually owe more than one company. Mm. And so because of something called negativity bias, negativity bias means that we're going to have a stronger reaction towards negative stimulus than we are towards positive stimulus. So you get really pissed off at things that piss you off, but you only get so happy at things that make you happy. And because of the other debt collectors using more like abusive tactics, they were, they were winning out every time. And then the second reason it failed is because sales doesn't really address the true issue when it comes to debt, which is the shame and unworthiness that people feel in having a debt. And yes. so actually, once I tapped into that, I started going a different way. I literally had this aha moment one day when I looked at the phone and I said, I want the next person who calls to be happier at the end of the call than they were at the beginning. And then, you know, lo and behold, I gave my subconscious a command. And over the next couple of years, I developed a communication strategy that just really became very successful. Within the first year, my revenue grew 34%. My employee retention went through the roof and I started going to other companies and training on this. Hmm. And so why the book? That's a great question. And this story is getting kind of a long for such a like. No, a I'm rolling question. with it. I'm loving it. Go. So like I really sort of had this inner desire once I started teaching these communication biz business workshops, I had this like inner desire to like, let my, to let my inner Tony Robbins unleash the power within. And I secretly wanted to be a motivational speaker. So it I feel, was, it feels good. Doesn't it? When you start yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm very mode. I love motivational content. So I do too. And, and I just got this, like, I really got juiced by inspiring other people. So when I was teaching them, I was teaching them sort of my, you know, when I started doing this, like the secret was really big. 
So I was saying that I was teaching them law of attraction without ever saying the words law of attraction. And so I was correlating the power of the words with this communication strategy. And so that sort of inner unleashing that power within to become a motivational speaker, um, I realized that, okay, so what really happened was I applied for this speaking gig and I got declined and I was devastated because I really thought I was going to be speaking on this stage in Florida. And they said no. And I really wasn't used to being told no with pretty much anything. Um, So I looked at the roster of speakers and I realized they were all published authors. So Mm. I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to have to be a speaker, then I'm going to have to like publish a book. So there became my about 10 year journey of wanting to become an author, but I had a really big problem because I would say to anyone who would listen to me, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. And the thing about words, right? Raise your hand. You've had that thought. uh, Oh yeah. I've been talking about writing a book for like two years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So I was 10 years in and here's the thing, like, cause you asked me like, why, why, why book? Like why words? Like all of these things. Well, the thing is that Words are like a mirror to your subconscious programming. So when you hear me say the words, I want to write a book, it's like you can see that written on my soul. Like I've come into this life with this purpose to write this book because obviously there's a desire to do so. Hmm. But I have a big problem when the next words out of my mouth are, but I'm not a writer because those words are also revealing something from my subconscious. And it's revealing a belief system that that does not support the desire to write a book. And so something was going to have to change in order to ever make that book happen. I'm, I'm loving what we're hitting on right now. Cause all this is literally me right now. Like, and, and it, because first of all, well, for the video feed, again, I'm going to share the website, ladies and gentlemen, maryshores.com. You can see the book right on there. It's on Amazon by the way. Uh, but it, it's funny that you're bringing all this up, right? Cause when I was skimming over the book, I started thinking that now that you've said all this, it's just clicking even more because Every time I've had on a ghostwriter, another author on this show, they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's hard in the beginning, but just, just embrace it, own it, tell yourself that you are an author. And what we were talking about here is like you were actually basically holding yourself back because you kept saying you're not a writer. And I still say that from time to time. I still haven't broken through that unconscious programming in a negative way, and I'm still saying it. Even though, hold on, you'll appreciate this, I'm putting in small reps. I've now been published in three different issues of this magazine. Um, sorry. Fall, winter, summer, and they just asked me to write for them again. So I hate. I say I hate writing. That's what my, magazine is it? It's a, called Network Magazine. Oh, very cool. Okay, so I'll write that down. They're actually based here in Pennsylvania, uh, but very. Uh, it's very business oriented magazine, but it's you know it's important of hey the, you are the power of your network, right? It's and, uh, totally true. And, and they're always looking for new content. Behind That's you. how I got on your show. Yeah. See, so, so it's <laughs> like, I have no problem going on other people's podcasts, inviting other people on my podcast. Apparently I can write, even if it's a small article, I had, because they keep asking me to write now for more, I'm a huge health and fitness nut. So that's more of my content is it's professionally related for the business world, but it's targeting the health and fitness side of it. Because again, this, the show people struggle to balance that. So right. I love sharing things that I've learned over the years through the writing, which is technically what's going to happen when I get around to writing the book, because 
um, for your quick backstory, that can be all of the podcast, but I left the corporate world, farm kid, working up in the corporate space, hated it, left in my 30s to go be a federal wildland firefighter out west and served as one of the elite hotshots out there. They just made a movie about us and then came back and became an entrepreneur. So interesting shift. So everybody's like, you got to write a book about that. <laughs> it's fun to do all those different things. Yeah. Like for sure. So, okay. I want to give you, I want to give you some additional information about your like barrier belief on writing. Yes. Let's, let's, you know, let's connect because this. it, okay. Cause you have gotten some advice in the past to start saying I'm an author. Okay. Sure. That's not necessarily going to create the neural pathways. I mean, it could, it hasn't like, if you said it, if you said it 2,500 times a day, for five years, then we're talking, we're creative, we'll create a neural pathway to support that belief. Mm. Okay. But the belief that you're not a writer is stronger. So here's where I want to do a little bit of a reframe. Okay. So like when I changed this belief, it was because, and this is very similar to your story. I, um, signed up for a writer's workshop. So oh, I made an investment. Wow investment in myself. I went to Omega Institute in New York, which I'm actually going to again here in a week. I can't wait because it's like my big happy place. And this writer's workshop was a teacher by the name of Cheryl Strayed. And Cheryl Strayed is a famous, famous writer who has written the book called Wild, which eventually became a big movie starring Reese Witherspoon. So it was about her Major like actress. high- major actress. Right. And, and Cheryl Strait is a major author, like right up there with, you know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, like her and Elizabeth, her and Elizabeth Gilbert are besties. This wow. was my first writing teacher. Okay. Talk, so, talk about leveling up and surrounding yourself with the right people. <laughs> well, I didn't even know. So I'm the only person in the class who has absolutely no idea who Cheryl Strait is. Like I literally show up for this class at Omega Institute, which is an amazing um, 501c3 retreat center in the uh, Hudson Valley in New York. And yeah. it's just beautiful, pristine place. I highly recommend going there. Oh, I know the Hudson and, Valley. I've been up, I go up there like every, I drive through that area probably every three months. So. Yeah. So it's really beautiful. It's in uh, Rhinebeck, New York, mm -hmm. if that means anything to you. So anyway, all these other people that are taking this workshop, they're like published authors. They like might write for like television shows. And here I introduce myself. Hi, I'm Mary Shores. Um, I'm not a writer. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even read books. I don't belong in this class. Like I'm totally criticizing myself even as I'm- That was your intro? That was my intro. Wow. Now this was several years ago. I've obviously come a long way, but here's the thing. I paid attention to that class. I invested in myself. And by the end of the week, I wrote this short story, which was about my daughter who passed away in 1993. Wow. It was about my son who's on the autism spectrum, who he's 18 now. I think he was about 13 at the time. And it was about my roller coaster life as a single mom and an entrepreneur. And also, I didn't say this, but my son is on the autism spectrum. It was really about like, how do you navigate life as a single mom with a child where there's really no rule book, you know, because yes. like parenting, parenting could be a whole nother show, right? Oh, God, well, parenting yeah. with someone on the autism spectrum really is a different, it's a different thing. I, I can't say that I fully understand what you go through, but I've done fundraising. I, I, I love charity work and, and not-for-profit work. And I've 
I've cycled through everything from a MS to ALS to all forms of cancer fundraising. And I've definitely done stuff for autism and actually autism speaks. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you very yeah, much. It, I just, I, I love these organizations where we're really trying to make a difference. And from the, from, if I tell people all the time, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing this, like just try and take a little bit of time out of your life. Here's, here's your public service announcement. Just pick a charity, any charity doesn't matter. The amount of growth you're going to get and the amount of exposure to learn about what that charity's doing and more importantly about the condition, this whole, I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what an autism, autism spectrum was until I did the not-for-profit work. And then you mm -hmm. learn so much so quickly. It's so powerful. I, I just had to bring that up. I'm sure you can speak to that. So, well, absolutely. I'm trying to switch my view because I always feel like I'm looking in weird places. <laughs> I, I just occasionally from time to time teach myself to look into the camera um, yeah, if I'm not, I, you know, checking something out. I need to make you at the top by the camera. Then I'm more, cause I always look at you, but then it makes it look like I'm looking down. Okay. So anyway, here's what happened. So at the end of the week, when I, when I read this story to this class, which was about 40 people, um, no one laughed at me. No one like told me that I wasn't a writer. As a matter of fact, it was completely the opposite where all of the people in the class cried stood in line to come and speak to me to ask me like hey can i share your story in my newsletter or in my anthology book um hmm. i had people invite me because there was somebody that had she did like a like a local kind of a ted talk kind of a thing yeah. where she had writers up for 20 minute talks she invited me to come and speak at it in miami and so what here's the point and this is what I want you to do with your excerpts that you've had, these articles that you've had published, yeah. that when my subconscious saw the evidence that it needed, okay, then it actually put me in alignment with the, the idea of being a writer. So you hear a lot of these like personal development people talking about the word alignment, but you really very, you don't hear a lot of meat behind that word. Okay. And so to me, when we talk about alignment, we need to talk about things like getting our thoughts, our words, our feelings, and our choices all moving in the same direction as the goal that we want. So for you, it's like book. Okay. So are your thoughts, your words, and your choices in alignment with writing that book? And so for me, it wasn't as easy as just like faking it with my words to make it happen. But when my brain saw the evidence, so when I got this feedback from the audience, which I'm sure you've gotten feedback from these articles, first of all, just the fact that they asked you to write another article is feedback enough, my friend. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Take it from me. That's a huge yeah, compliment. I'm moving on to my fourth. He just emailed me actually yesterday. He's like, Scott, he's like, deadline's not till September 1st. He's like, are you cool? He's like, we, we want you back. I'm like. Oh, That's okay. huge. That okay. is freaking huge. Like I would be jumping for joy if, if that happened to me right I'm now. I'm my own okay? worst self-critic. I think you and I have that in common. <laughs> everyone, everyone has that. Like, so, so here's the thing that when my subconscious saw that evidence that it needed, that in fact, I did have something worthy to say, and I can actually put together a sentence like, you know, mm. <laughs> I went to grammar school, then my evidence thought it could then change my thoughts. All right. And then the thoughts then changed the way I felt about it. And the way I felt about it then changed my words and it changed my actions. And within seven months, I had a book deal with Hay House Publishing, which who, that's, by the way, wow, was the number one publisher that I wanted. You're the and third so, person I've heard say Hay House in the past probably two months that's been an author. That's that they all said the same thing. It could be a hint for you. Wow. So, I mean, here's the thing. 
you have also have the evidence that you need to change that belief system. So all you need to do is feed that seed more than you feed the seed of not being an author because you're actually already a published author. Technically, yes. Yeah. Get get you a business card published. Yeah. Like, or look, get you... <laughs> Scott Mulvaney as, as featured as featured, as featured. In, in there you go yeah. there you go I love it I love it it's but, huge you know I, I love what we're talking about here and actually uh, I, that's why I love zoom do some screen sharing with the video peeps again um again books on Amazon people conscious communications but you are correct I've thought about the same thing like I've been trying to get more into public speaking I did I did four speaking events last year I've got two lined up this year and there is a sense of Wait, validation. Wait, I see your browsing history here. What do you got? Sexy Boss? Yeah, you know, you know Sexy Boss? <laughs> no, I just think it's hilarious. Oh, well, like, she, yeah, she's been on the show. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just aired her on Friday. That, that's her book. Her book is called Sexy Boss. So Sexy Boss is uh, Heather Havenwood. So, uh, so if you like to be a very outspoken, oh yeah, girl power, like very successful female entrepreneurs. Yeah, I got it. If you're interested, I'll get you connected because she, yeah, let's do it. she's awesome. I, I see you guys vibe. Actually, the person I just uh, had a podcast with this weekend, I just got her connected as well. Um, this is, I love connecting people. That's one of my, since launching the show in 2016, that's my new thing now is I'm like, every time I get a new guest host, I'm like, who can I connect them with? Because just from the podcasting world, I have an entire network now. Because this morning, as we're recording this, I heard episode 197. So I'm, now, I'm approaching already 200 shows online. And there's podcasts that have been around for five years, and they only have 100. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how to slow down. So that's what – it's the only thing that's probably fearful for me is, like, man, if I actually pull this book thing out – it's on like Donkey Kong. I mean, <laughs> well, and you know what? And there's so, and I don't know about like that other advice that you were getting given, but like, I'm also not a traditionally, you know, I didn't go to school for writing, but I mean, there, there's so much I learned about writing and content creation just in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, it really came through the speaking. And so a lot of the things that I write about now are, are like transcriptions from podcasts that I've been on. And, you know, the more that, the more that I'm developing, Developing my voice as a speaker, the more content I'm I'm developing for future books, and so it just it's a cycle that feeds. But you know, for the audience, I don't want this to be an alienated thing about just writing because what I really want you to think about is how often do you say that thing you want? Like, mm -hmm. I want to start a business, I want to lose twenty pounds, I want to travel the world, or I want to sell my house. But then you followed up with the but excuse. Yeah, the word and but is definitely something like see, as soon as you hear yourself say the word but. I, I've learned that over years. I have to catch myself. It's like, what? What? Why are you saying but? <laughs> that should be like an action thought in your head. Like as soon as you hear yourself say the word but, pause. So, well, and and understand that it, it is some sort of connection to a belief that you have that's going to hold you back. And so once you recognize that, like we both just recognize that we have that one in common, it's how are you going to change that belief? Because from what I understand of the way that our, our neural pathways work, if we have a belief, it's going to be a whole lot harder mm -hmm. to create that action in our life. If we have a belief system that isn't supporting it. And so, you know, like understanding how to get around that, like taking a shortcut is going to get you to your goal a whole lot faster. Yeah. And usually from, again, I, I geek out about this cause I studied psychology and I actually have a regular sports psychologist who comes on every single month. Shout out to Megan Cannon. And actually, she was the one I aired this morning. And 
I, because I, I love mindset. I love the psychology component because whether it's all about health, business, or lifestyle, over the past almost 200 shows, I found that over the past year and a half, mindset comes up all the time. Psychology comes up all the time. And to your point, you just said it's a shortcut. But depending on people's programming, the shortcut sounds amazing. But if you are still heavily rooted in those beliefs or that, I don't want to call everybody's past inner circles negative, but you know where I'm going with this is that those decisions, those shortcuts get a lot easier when you've changed your surroundings and you've changed the people that you're with. For example, you change your surroundings. You went to an event, surround yourself with like-minded people. They supported you and boom, like you see this huge move forward with that short writing you did. It's so true. And I, and like what the way that I understand about how this works is, you know, like we have these neurons and our neurons are in our brain and the neurons are connected to each other through synapses. Mm -hmm. And these synapses are going to connect in all different kinds of ways because we have something like trillions mm -hmm. of these neurons and the synapses can be connected in all different kinds of connections, like a blueprint or a map. And so these are what builds a neural network. And so once you create a different pathway through the neural network, what happens is if you feed that one, just like a highway system, you know, what happens to a bridge if you no longer maintain it, it's eventually going to crumble away and decay and, you know, you're not maintaining it anymore. So it's going to, you're not going to be able to use that. So once I created that seed or I planted that new neuron in my brain that I could right and then i started building pathways to that i reached my ultimate i mean first of all publishing with hay house was a life dream come true because i mean one of the biggest influencers in my life in the past two decades has been louise hay i mm. mean out of all the influencers you know she is it for me that's powerful and it, and, it, and i'm guessing just because i'm hearing you and i'm like there had to be like massive validation, just massive validation. That's what I'm hearing. The first thing I thought of when you started saying that was like validation for me anyway. Right. I mean, and, and like, not only that, but like, what about the validation of, okay, so you reach that goal, you publish that book. There was the, there, there was a lot more, you know, there was like when I had to turn my first draft into the editor mm -hmm. and like pulling my hair out, oh my God, are they going to like cancel my book contract because this book sucks so bad. And they were like, this is one of the best first drafts we've ever seen. Wow. And then, you know, then the book goes public and you're sort of sweating it out, waiting for your first reviews. Well, if you put that screenshot shot up, you'll see I have 68 reviews and they're all really great reviews. I mean, it's incredible. I had, um, I have, uh, like in my editorial reviews, I have Regina Thomasauer wrote one of my editorial reviews and she's the best-selling author of the book, uh, pussy. She's known as mama Gina. Yeah. And let me just give you a hint. If you are going to write a book and you name it something like pussy, it's probably going to become a bestseller. That's ballsy. Really, I mean, that's really, that's, I know that's pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, marketing, I don't think you have to do much marketing on that. The keywords, right? We talk about keywords and marketing all the time. Google, I think you pretty much nailed it with that word. <laughs> right, right. She totally, she was t totally a genius. Tons in her. of five stars in here, girl. I know. And like, but, but here's my point. Like 
here I was like, okay, still looking for that validation. And, you know, it's like, wow, the book reviews start coming in and, and no one trashed me. And my son, my son, he's 17. He was even saying like, Hey, um, you know, you should probably prepare yourself because somebody's eventually going to trash this book. And you know what? It's been like, it's been several months now. The book's been out since August. So it's been going up on a year and no one, no one has trashed the book. So I am either very lucky or there's not enough people reading it yet. (laughs) I'm going to, so I'm going to add you, hold on. Sometimes Amazon adds too fast. So I have, do you know that, uh, do you have an Amazon, do you have an Amazon business account? I have no idea. Okay. So, My relationship with Amazon is interesting. Okay. Is that another podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's just so easy to buy. It is. It is. You know, like you it's just, just so easy. You just think about something and then poof, two days later, it shows up on your door. Well, So check this out. I'm going to show you something. So when people, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've never ever put an, uh, an ad or a, a sponsor, anybody on this show. I believe in the show that much. I just pay for it myself. But uh, Amazon lets you launch what's called an influencers page now. So like okay. I already had an Amazon account. Cool. So all, I absolutely don't have this. Yeah. So I threw a banner on my site, which I've never done before. And I have banners now. But the banners all all connect to my influencer page. So for example, hold on a second. This is a fun lesson. We're, we're, we're teaching business and marketing now for I know online. we're doing a webinar. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> if your banner actually freaking works, which I don't know what's going on. Like my website's having a heart attack as I'm doing screen sharing. So anyway, the point is like you have an influencer page and when you click on it, it'll take you to your influencer page. Now you can custom build and show any products that you have bought on your influencer page. So, oh, that's so cool. It's like, hey, I as an influencer, these are the products that I love or books that I recommend. You know, I'm so glad you, you told me that. Cause I told you, I just got back from Peru Yeah, and I want to put together a resource guide. Well, check this out. You are now like on my influencer page. I'm so like, you just made my day in See such this? a huge way. So here, here's, here's the most recent books that I've added to my influencer page. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you can do this now and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the point is, I've added you because I love conscious. This whole conscious concept is just awesome. And so, so your getaway thing, I definitely want to make sure that got into the show. Cause we talk a lot about healthy lifestyle because this literally came up on the podcast I aired this morning was for, with Dr. Megan Cannon. And she had just gotten back when we, when we recorded this live at lunch, like I'll, t- I'll take my microphones and everything out. I just do it in public. It's, it's awesome. I don't just hang out in the home studio. I believe in getting into it. So uh, there's cars driving by and stuff. And we're eating at a, a, I don't know if you guys have core life out there. No. Okay. Core life is like this ridiculously paleo themed, uh, healthy eatery. So, uh, I mean, literally on video, I'm, dr- I'm drinking bone broth and eating my salad uh, <laughs> with, with double meat on it. But the point is that we're hanging out, we're talking, and we talked a lot about, she just got back from doing a Ragnar race. You ever hear of a Ragnar race? I haven't. It's a 200-mile relay. Wow. I did, I did one when I was firefighting out west in 2011 in Arizona. And it, you basically have 24 hours to complete 200 miles with a 12-person team. And it's weird. So... So we, were, we geeked out about that. But then she talked about how the team captain was an entrepreneur. Uh, she never met him before. He helped put the team together with, through mutual friends of hers. And she meets the guy, finds out the guy in the past year and a half had a 150-pound transformation. Like wow. he, he was over 300 pounds 
And when he finally put his health first, lost, like released 150 pounds of just, you know, bad stuff out of his life physically. But now the guy's doing, he, he signed up for an Ironman. He's doing Ragnar. Here he did a Tough mutter. Uh, I'm just like, and we, so we, we, we tied this together. And this is where I'm going with this for you. Is that when you take care of your life, your spirit, your energy, everything gets better. Like he's a father and he's, a, he's, he's running a company. Do you mean to tell, you don't think that now that he's putting his health first, that that company's going to perform better, his, his employees are going to love him more, his family's going to connect better, right? I mean, so, and she said, oh yeah, he's, he's talked about that. So we're trying to get him on the show because I want him to tell his story because people need to hear that. When you put your health first, everything usually goes in the right direction. That's how I look at it. So is that what made you go on this little getaway? No. <laughs> no, but I couldn't agree with you more. And for for multiple years, especially after my divorce, because my divorce was just like, I mean, that's the thing out of all the things that have happened to me traumatically in my life. Um, my divorce was like the thing that I didn't think I was going to live through. And it was like a two year, oh. uh, two year, um, like functioning catatonic event. And it really like, I thought it was going to do me in. And, and I have to say that that's when I really found like getting in control of my health and especially, um, the gym. Mm -hmm. So I was a gym rat that, that sort of started my eight year journey of being a gym rat where I was, um, taking kickboxing classes. So I, I loved like, here's the thing, here's my little kickboxing story. So one night I was out um, with some friends at a bar for someone's birthday and then like the dance, dance music's playing and like all my friends are bebopping around the dance floor and I get up on the dance floor and I start doing some, uh, kickboxing moves and there just happened to be a person that was a recruiter for UFC that was just at that particular bar that night. And he came up to me and he <laughs> invited me to try out to be a female, um, a female fighter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I just, I mean, I, I played along for like five minutes, you know, before I let him know that like this was all choreographed and unless we were playing, you know, like I could be a UFC fighter in say a situation where there was a Broadway musical like about it you know? and there was a certain song playing and you know it was all choreographed but what I, I what I do like I did a lot of research around that time because and especially this is something that I talk about in my book that like one of the one of the reasons we're sort of out of whack as a community and in you know like as as our society grows is because we are we are not taking care of our physical bodies and that when we are not taking care of our physical bodies, we are not having a healthy balance of brain chemicals. So we're not having the right chemical makeup of like the, the serotonin, the dopamine, the vasopressin, the oxytocin, you know, all of the things. Don't forget the power, powerful impact of cortisol. Right. Right. Or, or your yeah. Divorce, I mean, so your cortisol levels were probably through the roof. The stress of that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the adrenaline, like also, you know, being in uh, living in a low level fight or flight all the time. So, you know, what we don't realize is even like, say you're not even going through a divorce, right. Mm -hmm. But we have such a low level of fight or flight all the time. And that's why I talk about defeating the freak out because what happens is we're so reactive. And the reason that we're so reactive is because we are in a constant state of notification hell. 
Like I guarantee you, when you and I get off this show together, we're going to go and our phone's going to have like 75 notifications. We're going to have 60 emails that came in and, you know, three more voicemails of people that just want to get at us. And like most of the time, this is good things, but even when it's good news, it's still overwhelming to our nervous systems. And so like, we're, we don't understand the value of our nervous system and having a healthy nervous system. I mean, I could geek out on that for a very long time. But my point is that I definitely discovered that power of like lifting weights. And I really like, you know what? It made me feel like a badass. Like it literally made me feel like a complete badass because when I first started going to like my weightlifting class, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't lift very much, but I remember the day when I could carry in all my bags of groceries at once. Yep. You know, like it's it's freedom. It's a sense of freedom. It it was like, wow, my strength has really increased. Mm -hmm. So now like I, I want to write a book called undriven and, and unraveled because there's also this other journey when I started writing that I, my life was really at capacity already as far as, you know, and I know you talk a lot about balance. So I am mm-hmm. not the poster child of a good example of balance. No, I'm, but you're, I'm you're one, aware of it though. I'm very aware of it. And so when we look at, um, when, when you asked me like the reasons for my trip, I had a lot of uh, things that I lived through that were traumatic in my younger years. You know, I've already mentioned that I, my first child passed away and that was after a long um, year and a half battle with brain damage that she was born with. Wow. And so there's a lot of the, a lot of trauma. And what I, what I love to share about trauma is that trauma is not about the thing that happened to you. Okay. So what, whatever horrific thing, because we've all had some kind of trauma that has happened to us in our past. Okay. And I'm not here to judge or say like one person's trauma is worse or more severe than another because trauma actually isn't about the event. It's about the way that it shows up in your present day. Mm. And so when, when we look at trauma and when I really started getting serious about understanding that, you know, Part of my life being at capacity was a way of manifesting me still being in this trauma. Because if I'm busy all the time, I'm not necessarily working on the parts of me that I needed to work on. Now, now granted, I had come a long way and, you know, like all of the practices in my book were able to, cause I should have become a statistic. Like, I'll just be honest with you. I should be like a heroin queen. From the few things I've heard from you. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I mean, like when you just slid in 1992, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Well, and then you added in the divorce later. I was like, man, this girl's got to have a bulletproof mindset by now. By now, again, hinting at your point of trauma, right? Like, what did you learn from that? How did you overcome? How did you? Well, grow? and you know, like I was in this documentary series about um, called. Oh, what was that called? I don't know. It was something like, uh, oh, it was called the Global Resilience Project. And she had chosen 50 people from around the world that she calls 50 thrivers, which are people that have overcome a lot of traumatic circumstances in their life. And they are now like thriving. Okay. Okay. So, but I really think that 
unraveling the traumas in your life, it's, it's not a quick fix. You know, I just wrote an article that I published uh, this week that I called, I failed my date with destiny because mm. like so many people, I think go to these weekend workshops and I'm certainly like this weekend workshop warrior where it's like, go to date with destiny and have a transformation in a weekend. But you go to these events and they're wonderful, right? And yeah. like everyone at the end of the event is all like, oh, I've changed my life. Like life will never be the same. And the thing is like you see that same person a month later and nothing has really changed for them because what happens is they're riding high on the emotions of the event. You know, they're with like 5,000 of their new best friends and they're all like, you know, singing and dancing and having a great time. But true transformation happens in small pivots over a longer period of time. And like, you know, that guy that was, um, did that relay race, you know, yeah. he, when you have his story on, you know, he might've had a moment of inspiration that led him to make some different choices, but it was those different choices over time that gave him the, the ultimate result. It's, you know, it, that's exactly why I want to get him on because exactly. in the past few months, all of a sudden I just started saying every time I had it, exactly what you're talking about all of a sudden, cause I'm a huge gym guy too. I'm, I'm a CrossFit coach. I mean, I've been a ski race coach over the years. I've been a spinning coach, a cycling coach, you name it. I like to do it. And I want the putting in the reps part of his story, right? Because what you're talking about is you're putting in the necessary repetitions, small changes over time, build sustainable results. You can't, I mean, I've coached health in my free time too. Weight loss, I've done, I've, I've helped work with, you know, weight loss transformations, physical fitness transformations, you know, and it's like, guys, like you can't, yeah, you could probably create a lot of change in 30 days, but did, what, did you put the necessary work in to build it as a sustainable change? Like a, leg right. a legit body transformation, I tell people it was more like 16 weeks, not 30 days. Yes, I could probably help you create some massive or, change Or in how about days. the rest of your life? Thank you, right? Because I hate <laughs> the word diet. I know hate's a strong word, but diet has gotten so bastardized over the past few years. I was like, guys, it is a bad four-letter word because psychologically, everybody who's read a magazine, seen a the latest diet show on TV, whatever. It's short-term, 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 short-term. There's no long-term sustainable lifestyle shift that I'm seeing when you mm -hmm. refer to something called a diet. So mm -hmm. I don't like to, I, when people talk about, I do, I do ketogenic training. So keto, paleo, blah, 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 blah. I call them lifestyles, not diets. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what I'm, you gotta make the changes over time. I'm going through it right now. I, I have... The one sport I've never tried was swimming. So as we're recording this in, well, Saturday, I'm doing my first triathlon. Oh my gosh, that's a great way to jump right into swimming. And well, now, I, sh I should have started. I, I signed up a year ago, <laughs> but I didn't start getting the professional coaching lessons until maybe a month and a half ago. And my coach is <laughs> like, his name is Scott too. And he's like, Scott, um, you, you could have gave me a little more time. And I said, yeah. I was like, but I'm here now. Let's 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 do this. Let's break down. My biggest thing is anxiety. He actually said, "I'm six foot four, 195 pounds." He's like, long arms, long legs. He's like, once you figure this out, he's like, you're, you're fine. fine. You're built like a swimmer. That's he's so. Both of my my children, my my son, uh, my son that's 17. He's six foot four. Yeah. Probably about 140 pounds. <laughs> Lean and mean. Well, maybe maybe he's got to one sixty by now, okay. and then the other one is six foot five and a half. 
Whoa. And yeah. So I have these like tremendously large boys and they're only a year apart. So that's wild. Yeah. I love, I mean, I, I, first of all, I just have this affinity for, for tall men in general. Mm. So it just, it's only natural that I would have these two giant. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty tall. And I remember, um, when I was pregnant with my, my older son, who's six foot five, I was in this small town picking up some paperwork for my business. And the, the manager, was a Terminex office. So the people that do like the pest control and the manager, he noticed that I was pregnant and he comes out and he's like, Oh, you're pregnant. You know, when are you due? And he's starting this really pleasant conversation with me. And then he goes, well, how tall is your husband? And I said, Oh, you know, he's six foot two. And he goes, well, have you ever considered moving to St. Joe because the football team needs you? Oh and God. I have never, like this man was so obsessed with this small town football team that he was recruiting me because he he really was. Are you having a boy? He was recruiting you based on your gene pool. <laughs> he was smart though, because these boys, I mean, my kids and my, um, my six foot four son, he is, uh, he is very athletic and always moving always. I just took him to his first, uh, Tony Robbins event over the weekend and he walked on fire ah. and I'm so excited because I mean, first of all, because there's no rites of passage anymore, no. you know? And it was like, I felt like, and he had his 17th birthday during the event. And I felt like this is a really great rite of passage for him. Oh and my even God. Though- if I would have been given something like that, that's powerful. Yeah, because he did the whole firewalk thing, and you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, I'm I was really... just at a Tony Robbins event two months ago, and not that, not that event, but a different event. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a multi-speaker event, like John C. Maxwell, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Les Brown, Tony. It was a big event down in Philadelphia. Oh, that's a great lineup. I know, right? I was like, what? <laughs> um, but, Mary Shores. Yeah, <laughs> see, Scott just Mulvaney went there. there. Uh, but. It, <laughs> That's a great little side point you just kind of like casually threw in there is that parenting. Like, I'm never going to be a parent. Like, I, I took care of that. My fiance and I were like, we're like, yeah, we're going to be the cool aunts and uncles. You know, some people are meant to be parents. I respect it. We're not. I'd rather be the cool, like, coach, uncle guy. You're cool. And then when you get annoying, I give you back. So, um, the point Listen, <laughs> I am a parent and I feel that way too. So <laughs> I'm just being honest. A See, lot of people won't you. say that out loud. Thank you. I mean, it's, it is what it is. We just, we like, Hey, let's it's just, a lot of work. It is it's a big and, commitment. And I tell people all the time, like, yeah, but you'd be amazing parents and your gene pool. Like she's a doctor. You're, you know, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, listen, the one advantage of us freeing up that time is I could create so much other positive change in the world in other ways, right? All the charity work, the podcasting, eventually uh, writing the book. It's the speaking. ripple effect. It's it's so important. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and honestly, you're proof. Parents can do it too. Hell, single parents can do it too. Um, so I'm blown away by you. So that's what I'm saying. I got to get you hooked up with Heather Havenwood, man, because uh, she also uh, was talking about kickboxing on our podcast together. So Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You girls are like like feathers or whatever. I mean, that's, that's going to be funny. And she has her own podcast. So I, get, I think it's called like I win or something like that. So I've got a pretty amazing flying jump kick and a flying sidekick, but Ooh, it's, okay. it's all for show. Cause if anyone ever hit me, I'd roll into a ball and cry. I, I, I grew up studying martial arts, not, not kickboxing, but, um, I used to fight as a kid in, in, in Kumite and tournaments and I had some trophies and stuff, but you know, it was, it was good to learn but back to the rite of passage though. I, was never brought to walk over hot coals. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And he's, how old is he? 
He just turned 17 right oh, during man. the event. The mental shift. Okay, back to your synaptic pathways. The reprogramming that you just helped create in his mind at his age, holy crap, the new synaptic pathways you helped establish, wow, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of him. And we're also, um, we're going to our family vacation next week to this, uh, oh, back to Omega Institute, because like I said, that's my happy place. That's your and family has, vacation? Yeah, it is. So we go there every year for a, it's called Family Week, and he participates in this uh this program called Wayfinders. And I don't know if you've heard of Wayfinders being more from the East Coast, but they really teach this like personal development through this um, live action role-playing game. So they all get into these characters and they take all these improv improvisational classes. And it's just been amazing for his development. And actually the first year we went to this, I had read the reviews and I noticed that parents were saying how much this program had changed their child. Well, you know, the reason I say this and, and like bring up the rites of passage and my children were also both in a uh, Taekwondo huh. and both became black belts is because like as a single mom and like I had my, my divorce was not just that my ex-husband no longer wanted to be my partner, but he wanted nothing to do with, with any of us. Hmm. And he literally went from being like a family man to not wanting it anymore. Wow. Which left these two boys without a father. And so I really felt like I can't, I have to find that level of discipline for my children. And I really did find that first through Taekwondo and then through like, you know, Tony Robbins, so you have, if you search um, Family Week. So ladies and gentlemen, more reason why you want to watch the video. We're screen sharing <laughs> on uh, the Omega. It's actually eomega.org is their site. And I'll, yeah. have, I'll have this all uh, put into our show notes like we and always do. So. This is, by the way, for anyone who is interested, this is where I also went to the um, writer's workshop. Yeah, so, you said that, yeah. Right, so. so this is where I went to the writer's workshop. This, So yeah, my kids and I, these are just really great in a ways to- They even have scholarships. Initiate, yeah, initiate your children um, into something great. So I think you'd probably have to- Google um, Family Week on their search, not Google, but on their search button there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's just or listen theme, to their getaways. Theme weeks. theme weeks right there. That's where Family Week oh, is. There we go. But you can, but they have, um, you can go there. They have, they have personal development teachers, yoga. They even have like a survival guy where you can do like a survival retreat. Where See, that's my you. thing. Yeah. That's why I brought it up because I was like thinking like you'd probably get geek out on this uh, survivalist dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, my well, before I before I moved back from Colorado, like my last because I get my CPR and everything renewed every year. And I, I purposely did it those three years of Arizona firefighting and then living in Colorado, it was, I always did the outdoor version, more survival right. focused. Cause I was hiking when I was living in Colorado, I was hiking 14,000 foot peaks and stuff. It was like, you're in Colorado and they have the most 14ers in the world. Like, you know, I'm going to get all over that. <laughs> so there's family week. Yeah. Family week's pretty incredible. And so like we started this conversation, you were asking me like why, why I went to Peru and I started talking about trauma and then I just like branched off into a million billion other things, which yeah. I often do. But so after living, you know, some of the, 
some outrageous things that I've lived in my life. And I've done a lot of personal development work. One of the doctors that I love to listen to, his name is Dr. Joseph Tafour. And Dr. Joseph Tafour wrote this book called The Fellowship of the River. And what's unique about him is that he is an MD, but he is also a shaman. And he had one of the most unique ways of talking about trauma where he was, you know, he went through his medical training and become a, he became a medical doctor. And um, then he went through a shamanic training. And when you go through a shamanic training, you do this by taking um, massive amounts of ayahuasca, which is a plant medicine. Yeah. So which is, you know, depending on who's listening, they may be like, what well, are you doing drugs? I'm like, well, <laughs> If you well, go, so, here's the thing. If you go to other cultures and other countries where it's okay, dude, you can't judge until you tried it, right? <laughs> some of the things that I've learned about the rainforest in general is that most of our pharmacology actually is synthesized versions of what is produced in the rainforest. Oh, God, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of an interesting little tidbit. But what really, what really got my attention is Dr. Tafur talking about trauma. And when he was going through his shamanic training, you take this psychedelic brew called ayahuasca and it's, um, it's ayahuasca vine mixed with a tracuna, tracuna leaves. Say so it's that three a times fast. I know I can't even pronounce it correctly the first time. So they boil, they boil these plants together and they do it in a very specific way for 24 hours. And the, the brew um, well, I mean, if you're familiar with it, you know, that it's like a psychedelic tea. So yeah. it causes people to have certain visions or hallucinations. Mm -hmm. And so what Dr. Tafur saw was he saw the DNA strand and he saw these dragons attaching themselves to the DNA. And what his, and what's interesting about ayahuasca is that it connects the amygdala with the prefrontal cortex at the same time. So basically it's, it's lighting up the activity in the amygdala, but it's, so that means it's, it's like fight or flight. Like it's, it's igniting your fears. It's bringing up your traumas from the past, but it's also activating the prefrontal cortex, which allows you to process the things that have happened to you. Hmm. So Dr. Tafur saw this these traumas that have happened to people, he actually saw them as dragons that are embedding themselves onto the DNA. Now, this is fascinating to me because we know this as epigenetics. Oh yeah, I've had, a, I've had a, a couple of epigenetics experts on. So epigenetics is what we understand as when things mutate the gene expression of our DNA. It's like literally the real time changing of our DNA. And so Dr. Tafur really was studying how traumas are changing the gene expression in our DNA and manifesting itself into disease. So into autoimmune, into fibromyalgia, into even things like migraine headaches and all of these ailments. Oh, all, I, all disease is a manifestation of a root cause. The problem with Western medicine is that we're just treating a symptom. We're not actually exactly. treating the root cause. So here's what, here's what made me pull the trigger and go to Peru. Because what he was explaining is that ayahuasca has the ability to remove the dragons from the DNA. So I almost think about it as like, if we're going through life and we're going through these traumas, we get those little sticky cockleburls stuck on us. Oh yeah. Right? 
and the, and they stick on us. And you know what? You can you can go through your development. She's referring, ladies and gentlemen, to those little spiky seeds that when you're out hiking, they just cling <laughs> onto your clothing, and they always leave those little stupid little hairy thorns behind. And you're like sitting there with tweezers plucking it all. And out. there'd be like a thousand of them. Yeah, right. right? So annoying. And then and if right. you're in Colorado, uh, there's more aggressive versions of those with sharper spikes, and they'll actually give you bike tire flats, and those are called goat heads. But oh uh, no. So there you go. But uh, all annoying. All annoying. <laughs> so, but it's such a great metaphor for trauma, right? Because it's like things that stick onto you. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Dr. Chafor's book, he's talking about how ayahuasca can remove this from your DNA. And so that's why people go there for tremendous healing. And so there's like, there's reasons I went there. One of the reasons is that when I was a child, I wanted to be an anthropologist. I mean, that was just sort of like, so the, 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 the study of indigenous cultures, the study of ancient cultures is something that just absolutely fascinates me because we just, we're just doing things. I mean, modern culture, it could not be more different than like, say the ancient Egyptians way of life. Sure. And I am just naturally drawn to that, but also for my own healing and my own like development. So I am not telling anyone to run out there and do that. I'm just like reporting that I had this, this happened to me. I did this experience. I just got back a few days ago and I, yeah, I did five ceremonies while I was in Peru and I had, I had like a tremendous experience on this, on this plant medicine. Wow. I mean, one thing I like about it is that, listen, to the average person that's so outside of the norm, more often than not, you'll be like, oh, hell no, no way, et cetera. But that kind of brings us full circle back to earlier in the show where those initial drastic changes are the scariest. Those are the hardest to get your brain to wrap around on because our lizard brain, which is the ancient part of our, you know, whatever makeup, is triggering the fight or flight, triggering that protection right? It's like, oh my God, that is so drastic and so crazy. I got to protect you. No. Like there's a powerful book. I'm sure you probably read it uh, called the five second rule. And I've, I need to get her on the show, but great author, great book. And she says, listen, pause for five seconds. Every time you make a decision. Takes your brain offline long enough. Just five seconds. Then well, and they, they know, like, for example, I was just watching a documentary this morning, but one of the things with PTSD, especially with, um, people that have been people that are veterans and have PTSD because in their military training, they're taught not to take that pause. Right. So it's like, they, they have to react immediately. And then when they come home, they're, they're, first of all, they're traumatized with the PTSD, but they don't have that pause. Yeah. Well, again, you said it earlier, it's tied to cortisol, stress hormones, everything else. Like their lives were, I mean, I, I can, I can connect this back. I mean, we, we're going long on the show, but I can connect this back to firefighting. Like you mm-hmm. were hinting about the stress levels, the hormones, right? Hello, adrenal fatigue. I had no idea what adrenal fatigue. I was Me already an athlete. Until I had it. <laughs> yeah, I was an athlete. I was, you know, I'm doing as a wildland firefighter, as a hot shot, you would do you basically beat the snot out of yourself for six months during the summer because that's when wildfires happen out west. You, you're doing 16-hour shifts on the fire line for two weeks straight before you get days off. And then you get two days off for health, rec, you know, R&R, rest and recovery. And, and then you're right back at it again. So my first rookie year, we did 1,900 hours in six months. The average well, nine-to-five employee works 2,000 hours in a year, over a year. Like if you work... 50 weeks in a year with two weeks of paid vacation, 52 weeks, you know, that's 2000 hours. Do the math, eight hours a day. Right. So right. I had no idea what I was doing. 
I was Mr. Adrenaline Junkie. Let's do this. And then go back the second year. Now, the second year, I'd already found, like I'm doing, I said earlier, I'm doing a nutritional cleansing today, right? So I'm detoxing. I'm not eating any meals. I'm fasting. I'm allowing my body to catch up. And people are like, oh, you're already athletic. You're already fit. I'm like, I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm doing it to allow my body to just catch up. Because right. no matter how healthy I am, actually as an athlete, I'm probably more susceptible because I'm still consuming water and air and all that stuff is tainted and polluted. You can only get so healthy. So <laughs> we're constantly at war with the environment and, and ourselves. And that, well, that's and the I'll tell you what, what I learned about adrenal burnout, because I think that this is an epidemic happening, happening to women that hit their forties, especially if they have a, uh, have a high power career. Oh, like yeah. whether, like I'm seeing this a lot in doctors and female CEOs, when they hit that 20 year mark, they start getting the adrenal fatigue and like, it will take you out. Oh, so God, like yeah. for, for me, I was working out at the time I was working out like three hours a day. That was my happy place. Like it might look like one hour of yoga, one hour weightlifting and one hour of, um, it's good balance. Kickboxing. Yeah. And it wasn't like every single day, but it was, it was like a minimum five days a week. So I was very disciplined and I also had a very disciplined diet. Mm -hmm. Well, when adrenal fatigue hit and I didn't understand what was going on, all of a sudden, I mean, I would go, I would go to like throw a right hook or a punch or, you know, uppercut or something. And it was literally feel like I was moving through water. You know, and I couldn't understand. And I went to the doctor and I would tell her, I feel like I'm moving through water. Like everything just takes so much exertion. And she just looked at me and was like, well, you're getting older. And I just wanted to like, they don't know. No, she didn't. And she didn't do any testing on me. I finally like went to a holistic, uh, what do you call him? Practitioner. I went to a holistic practitioner and he did some kind of muscle testing on me, which sounds really woo woo. And I'm still on the fence about it, to be honest. But, um, he said, well, you're at level three adrenal burnout and, that was his conclusion. And so he started putting me on like, you know, some different supplements and eventually like I started building myself back up, but now I have to be really careful at the way that I balance like exercise and the things that I do. And I'm also an extremophile like you, like I used to say when I was younger that like my, you remember those old Mountain Dew commercials, like the old do the do, the do. that was me. Only I didn't drink Mountain Dew ever. No, I, I fact, wouldn't drink like, that. That swill is I, You awful. could not pay me no. to drink Mountain Dew. And people still drink it. One of my oldest friends, disgusting. one of my oldest friends since we were 16 lives down in Greenville, South Carolina. Will, if you're listening to this, I'm calling you out again. <laughs> Stop drinking the dew. It's even it's worse so than it was gross. when we were 16. It's so, you're like your teeth are probably like oh, paying just, the price. It's, anyway, yeah. but okay. So back to this thing on ayahuasca. So like when you were talking about like my son creating a massive amount of neural pathways during that fire walk. Well, one of the things that I saw, like when I was having my, uh, one of the ceremonies I was having was I saw thoughts turn into matter. And it was really, I'm just going to say it was really very cool. It was so trippy, (laughs) but like from a therapeutic sense, my body, I physically had a sensation, like a somatic release of years and years of trauma. And so even though I'm a successful person, even though I've, I've like lived out a lot of my life's dreams, there's still ways that traumas have been affecting me in my present day. And I, and I felt, I literally had like some kind of somatic release of these traumas. And so 
you know, another thing that happened was that before I, I think this just comes along the territory of being entrepreneurial is my mind was always going. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and this has lasted now three weeks, um, there's just nothing going up there. It's actually quite amazing. Sounds very Zen. <laughs> it's very Zen. But you're still performing. Here's the thing. Like, someone might hear this, but like, wait a minute. There's nothing up there. Like, why would I want to go do that? Because that could shut down my my business success, my my family, blah, blah, blah. It would, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is like, okay, it's not fully shut down. It's just that your brain has finally quieted. I feel like it's going to allow me even more to step into my authentic self. Yeah. Just like allow me even to be even more powerfully the being that I am meant to be. Hey, you'll appreciate this. I've never said this on this podcast. So listen in fellow listeners and watchers on the YouTube world too. I never did a drug in my life. And then when I turned 30, I was actually, you ever hear of the MS 150? A lot of major cities have it for multiple sclerosis. It's a 150 mile road bike event. You raise money. Like people, uh-huh. people donate to you, your ride. And mm-hmm. so I did that for like five years. This is back early two thousands. The very first time I did it, I get, so it's a two day event. You, but I, I, oh, high performers, I, I called my bike shop guy and he gets me, he's like, oh, I'll, ha- I'll hook it with my buddies. They're all ex pros. And so it's like 10 of us all biking the 75 miles from Philadelphia to Ocean City, New Jersey to the ocean. And then you ride back. It's called the city to the shore. It's still going on. Massive event. Anyway. So he's like, well, we do 175 instead of 150. They give you an option to do a century on the very first day. So you do a first 100 miles. I never did a 100-mile bike ride in my life. We get down there. We walk into a high school gymnasium, and, like, the tractor trailer pulls up with everybody's, like, travel bags. Because then everybody's in the gymnasium. You get your massages, and then you go to your hotel. Well, the one dude, I don't know if it was a lawyer, doctor, insurance, very successful professional, pulls out a tray of brownies. And, yes, these were not legal brownies. <laughs> And that was the first time I ever tried marijuana. Now, I'm not some weed head guy, but now I, I go out. I mean, I used to live in Colorado. I was living there when they made it legal. I go out every year to ski. I hit the herb, people. There you go. I put it out there. I'm now like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan talks about this podcast <laughs> well, all the time. let's just not put you on the level with Joe Rogan no, yet. <laughs> I, I no, Joe Joe's a whole different level. Well, um, I'll tell you what. I very first heard about ayahuasca on Joe Rogan. See? Because he was talking. I mean, it was it was years ago. That and probably then I was me out, too. That was probably yeah. when I first heard about it. I, I mean, so I started researching it then. I was a little bit intrigued. But I also just want to say I'm also not a druggie. So no. this is not. This I've is never not, done a hard drug in my I feel, life. In fact, I used to think that it was to my detriment because I felt like all the big authors had been either an alcoholic or a heroin addict. Dear God. And I was like, I don't have my recovery story to like propel me into this level of success. You know, that's a very, very good point too. Connecting back on the book thing. A lot of people's very successful books have always had some kind of traumatic component to it. But to be fair, I think it's more powerful to just talk about the transformation piece of it, whether it be traumatic. That was just another, you know what? That was just another bullshit belief that I needed to get over in my head. Because the truth is that, I mean, first of all, I had, I had that, but that's not the point. Like I had my traumas, but again, for whatever reason, and you know, I had just built a character of resilience and I had a tremendous bounce back factor. So I didn't go down the druggy route. Now, when I was like, when I was younger, I mean, you know, there's things I did at a party or whatever, but I just never made a habit of anything. And yeah. so I'm not saying I'm 100% clean background, but 
I never, yeah, I never had any addictions and, no. and was very, very I actually, lucky. When I was younger, I used to look at, I was the DD kid, right? Like I'm like, <laughs> no, it's okay. Like I wouldn't even drink a lot, hardly at all. I mean, I was like, I wasn't like the square. Remember that old term? I wasn't like square, square, but it's like, if somebody, needed, if, if somebody needed a DD. I think you were and just no one told you. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. But I was like, actually my fian <laughs> my fiance tells me all the time. She's just like, you don't have any game. I was like, I got game. And she's like, eh. I think this is what I want. I want not having game to be the in thing. Right. I want not having game to be the new game. Yeah. Like, like, like totally. gen genuine being genuine. Like, yeah, the reason absolutely. why I have a fiance right now is because <laughs> like she broke up with me for three months. Like, and then I had to win her back. And the biggest part of that personal development, I've, t I've said this on the show before I, I stopped all my professional development. And for the next three months, dude, I'm buying like relationship books, online videos. I'm trying to hack where my head is at. Cause I had a psychology background. I'm like, why is it you've taken every other risk, firefighting, skydiving, adrenaline junkies, blah, 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 blah. But I've never, I never opened up my heart. So, you know, that okay. was a huge risk so for me. We're going to, I, we have to do another show we're because have like, to. One of the things that I love to talk about is like the masculine and the feminine. And I will say that this, like this whole Peru trip has been a massive heart opener for me. Mm. And last night I was out with some friends at a pub and, um, my buddy, Jeff, he, his girlfriend just dumped him like two weeks ago. And so mm. I was out with three guys, like three of my guy friends. And first of all, the male energy was just intoxicating to me. I was just loving it. Right. And my buddy Jeff's like walking me back to my car and he's like, Hey, you know, can we talk? And he's telling me like, Oh, Mindy just broke up with me. And you know, like, I'm really confused right now. And he's like, he go, but he looked at me and he was so genuine and it was just so much love in his eyes. He said, Mary, he said, you have been always the one constant in my life. And he said, just for years, he said, you were always there for me, no matter what. And no one else have ever shown up for me the way you have. Wow. And he said, why? He goes, I want to know why. He goes, why do you do this? And I, I looked at him and, and I really think that because my heart was open, hmm. like I think in the past I would have answered his question differently, but I just, I said to him, I said, Jeff, the moment I met you, I said, do you remember the moment we met? He said, yes. I said, the moment I met you and our eyes connected, I just felt something. And it was like an instant connection. I just felt a connection to you. And it was like, I just knew that I loved you hmm. and I knew that I trusted you and I knew that I respected you. And that was all that I needed. Wow. And so like, we've never had a romantic relationship. No. It's not even about that, but like my ability to say that to him. I think was really important. And like, for me as like, you know, learning to open my heart more and be in that heart space, which everyone's talking about, you know, I think that like, that's a great way to introduce that, to say like having no game is the new game. Yeah. Because I feel like in the past, I probably would have like laughed that off and been like, Oh, you're so well, cute. My, my attempt to have game or think that's what <laughs> she needed was hurting me. Like I lasted a year and then, but I was still stuck living in Arizona and Colorado and my, my bachelorhood lifestyle that I wasn't just, you know, you reached the one year mark and she just got to the point where it was just like, why am I even bothering? He's not opening. Right. Like I'm not right. there. So she ended it and because I, and, and I, I should have been able to just move right on, but it, something triggered, something didn't feel right. And through the self work, I've said this on the show before and in, in certain episodes, especially talk about mas masculine and feminine energy. It was like, wait a minute. Did I even give us 
a real chance? Did I allow myself, once I studied it, I didn't know what the hell legit vulnerability was. I didn't know that you ladies find masculine vulnerability like intoxicating. Like that's that's the no game game. One 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 component of it. You might want to back it up. I don't know. That'd be a great book title, there, Scott. What's the that? No the no game, game game. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We'll take note of it. You're um, the new you're the new masculine relationship expert. Which I have no no. If you talk to her, she'll be like, no, you are not the relationship <laughs> guy. But I'm like, I did get you back. <laughs> so. Because everybody well, it like it sounds like she was the one, the smart lady for dumping your ass in the first place. I actually thank because that's that. what it. Yeah, I needed I'm, that wake up call because yes, I prided myself. I mean, I was always talking about hot shot this and hot shot that and firefighting this, which was funny because like the first six months after I, I left that profession, I didn't every time I came back from the firefighting year, I didn't really talk a lot about it. My friends like, wow, usually in your past, you always talked about because I always love sharing experiences, but I kept that very hush hush. But then after a while, I eventually unlocked and I would talk about it more. And that became part of my story. And, and she's like, I don't give a shit about your story. <laughs> she's like, who are you? Right? Yeah. And I wasn't putting... At your core. Right. I wasn't putting all of myself out there. I wasn't forthcoming. I was still protecting myself. You know, oh, I, uh, don't let somebody in. Yeah, you because know, like I have this whole, and this is when, when I come on, we could talk about it again. But We're I have definitely this doing another show. This is fun. About like how you can't be both protecting yourself and show up as an available person at the same time. Right. But I, yeah, anyway, I'll stop there because I want to talk about it on another episode. We're going to definitely do this on another show because <laughs> I don't normally get into it's the important. relationship stuff too often, but this is important because actually I, I truly think this is happening for a reason because over the past couple of weeks, Masculine and feminine energy has come up a couple different times and not to get into any extreme details, but good friends of mine are going through a divorce literally right now. So like one of my oldest best friends and another friend of mine that are married or now separating divorce papers are happening. Everything's happening literally right now. And I'm just like, and I've observed an imbalance of masculine and feminine, feminine yeah. energy during the past year. And I'm like, Oh, this is not going to end well. And I predicted it. So it is what it is. Um, that's what we could just have a whole masculine feminine energy show. Cause Let's I think do people do need to understand that. Cause it sounds like you've struggled through it. I've struggled through it. And we both see people struggling through it because the modern man and the modern woman are confused. We don't know right. where we're supposed to be. Well, and, and I feel like, I feel like I've been the, I've talked about it a lot and I feel like I'm a perfect person to talk about it because I mean, number one, I'm a female mm -hmm. that grew up without a father, which makes a huge impact on that, which I can talk more about that, but also being in a very male dominated industry, God, yeah. in a male dominated role, which, which guess what it does? It develops the masculine. And when you develop the masculine, you, you're not, um, you're not doing the things that exude femininity to, to attract in the masculine. See, so I, I got to I, I, I get you connected before you even come back on this show. I got to do you a solid and I got to get you up on, uh, Heather Havenwood because the sexy boss is right up your alley. That's not the name of her podcast. That's the name of her book. Um, but she, you two are going to vibe so well. Cause I just had on, um, another woman by the name of Christine Michelle Hayes. And I just got her connected to Heather and they, they're already, you know, figuring out when to come on the show. They're already besties. Well, they're going <laughs> to become besties because that girl was just as saucy and I, I loved it. It was awesome. So I love connecting people. Like if, 
if I could potentially get you a more powerful connection than what we've just done here today for our audience, that's all I can think about in my, my head right now. It's like getting, yeah, people... you're a total, you're a total connector. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> people tell me that anyway, it's like, if nothing else, like I have a podcast, the least I could do is just connect people from there. So, <laughs> but listen, we've had a great show. We definitely, you definitely need to find time. We'll, we'll schedule another show. My schedule's always online. I think, did you book this or did your assistant book this? I don't even know. Yeah, probably Soraya. Yeah. Is that how you say her name? I was, I was not going to even try that. Uh, I was trying to read it. I'm like, could be Soraya? Soraya? I don't know. So shout out to Soraya. But we did a lot of screen sharing today. I took a lot of notes. We'll have more show notes when we publish the episode. Um, I always have my co-host close the show out a little bit, right? Like just, there's been so much energy flowing through you, coming out. Is there anything you kind of want to sum it up with, or is there any kind of big messaging right now that you you're putting out outside the podcast world to your, your customers, your clients, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I tell people all the time, like, listen, this is your chance to close the show out. If they forget everything else we said, <laughs> like, what would you want to leave behind for the audience? So I'll, I will leave behind like my favorite tagline, which is the core essence of my book, which is that everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every choice you make in the thinnest sliced moments of life is either creating a deeper connection or it's driving a disconnection. Wow. That's a mic dropper. Mine's mounted. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to air, I'm going to air drop it. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> Man, see, and I usually I usually ask for quotes for the show notes, so that's going to go up there as well. There you go. There's your quote. You are you are making my our our show's uh, show notes process is so much easier. So thank you. Well, listen, stand by. <laughs> I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air, ladies and gentlemen. Mary Shores. I mean, I think I've already hinted at it. Go to the influencer page linked to my website. Go check out her book. Okay, and I'm going to do a lot, one final screen share here for the YouTube feed. Remember. Mary Shores, S-H-O-R-E-S dot com. Check out Conscious Communications. Get the book. Try it out. You might just learn a few things. So thanks for tuning in to another powerful Live the Fuel podcast show. We fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. I think she definitely did that today. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, you too can live the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Epilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. 
Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.